Welcome to the Smart City Podcast, the technology program that looks at how buildings, communities, and cities are becoming smarter, more efficient, and more connected. We look at everything from the big ideas to drilling down to individual projects and innovative ideas that impact your day-to-day life. The Smart City Podcast is brought to you by Locomobi World, moving the world through sustainable, frictionless, and secure solutions. This is episode 25, recorded on September 1st, 2021, and our guest this time is Daniel Carloni of a security and site surveillance company called Live Patrol. He'll speak on how technology is replacing the old school security guard. First, though, we must speak with Grant about some tech news. Here we go, Grant. Dazzle us with your news. Hmm. Well, um, the you, I assume you're all watching the Paralympics. And you're going to say, what the heck does the Paralympics have to do with technology and smart cities? I will not say that. Okay, say it. I will not say that because there have been so many advances in things like uh, prosthetics and um, no. Of course there has, but you're not even close. Well, then what? We're going to talk today about um, Toyota. So they're the major... Sponsor. Major sponsor, yeah. And part of the sponsorship was to provide self-driving nodes. Okay, so these are buses that have no one in them, and they drive you around the Olympics. I saw something from Toyota at CES back in January 2020. Correct. Yeah, little tiny buses. Yeah, they're little com- small things. Completely autonomous, and they just take you from point A to point B to point C. Okay, so, so they just stop it. They just stop it. Um because something they didn't ever think about was the person crossing the crosswalk at the Paralympics was blind. Oh, okay. And the unit hit him because he did not, uh, the person did not see him, even though the vehicle, as we talked uh, many times in shows, it did all the right things. But what it didn't do is allow for human error and intervention that it couldn't uh, rely on. And so what happened was the person, it stopped when it's supposed to. According to the system, it would tell that person to wait. That person didn't see the signals to wait and started walking and it rammed right into the person. Didn't hurt them severely, but it postponed it and they re-ran it. But this is back to introducing smart transportation to the world and things that we're going to face. Right. So nobody would have heard this vehicle coming because it's electric. Secondly, the pedestrian or a passenger? Pedestrian. It was a pedestrian. Blind pedestrian at the crosswalk and it just walked into the unit. Just walked into the side of the unit? Front. He walked into the front. Front didn't see him. Why not? Shouldn't there be some sort of... It didn't. It didn't. It was milliseconds and it should not have happened. What that... What that athlete did should not have happened in this probability of, of things that could happen. Okay, so the truck, uh, the vehicle's going by. And no, it stopped. It had stopped. Stopped, waited for the, the, for the athlete to do something, and it thought it, it, it stayed like it's supposed to and started walking, and they hit it. Oh, okay. And, um, but I think the point being is um, I'm all for Toyota, what they're doing, of course. I think that's pretty amazing, and they're going to keep running it things happen. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was an interesting, um, that just happened yesterday. So, you know, this is like live news, Alan, okay. giving you live news. <laughs> okay. Um, this is one I love. And I, 
you know, I posted it already and had thousands of responses because it was so cool. But, um, and we'll see if Alan knows it. You know about the new company that has figured a way to charge the vehicles while you're driving? I'm not, it's, is this the, in through Germany? The, through the pavement. This is in Germany. The company's German. It's in the States. Okay. I have seen that because people want to charge their... Okay, this helps get rid of range anxiety. Yes. Because rather than charge up at home and hope to get to where you're going without having to go to a charging station, the driving along the road, which is, has embedded technology, so you actually charge the okay. car it's as mag- you drive. It's, it's magnetized concrete. And so it, picture it like NFC. Mm. You don't understand. I mean, NFC, as you know, is... Near-field communication. Um, just like putting your phone or something on top of something. This is what it does. And it charges the vehicle. They're running a pilot in the States right now. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's... Listen, the biggest thing has always been the infrastructure. Mm. How are we going to do it? And and by the way, I don't know if this is going to be effective, uh, very good as far as uh, uh, economies of scale. But think of it. If it's magnetizing the concrete, I can tell you. Magnetizing is a simple process. We do it now with wires in the concrete, right? Magnetizing the way they want to do it, it makes total sense if the economies of scale work much more. Think of it. You never pull off a highway. You never go and get, like we do now, gas. Or fill it up with electrons. Never. Yeah. Never. So my question is, how long does this strip of concrete have to be before you get a meaningful charge in your vehicle. That's what they're testing now. I don't know. Um, they didn't really give me that. I didn't see that in the study, but it's not very long. Really? Even if you were to have one of these things every, you know, 10 kilometers, these strips every yeah. 10 kilometers, it gives you 10% each time you I know, drive I know. over time. And that keeps you going, right? Forever. It, it doesn't have to be a full top. No, but I think what you have to understand with technology, it's not about what it does today. Um, if it fact works, then it's about how do we make it work stronger, better. And so I think that's a big one because the EV technology has always been around batteries and charging. If they were to make this work, it doesn't become a battery anymore. Who cares? Who cares? Give me any battery. I don't care. Oh, you go 300 kilometers. So what? I'm on the road. I'm charged. I'm on the road and I'm being charged. Okay. Okay. I like this one because it has been around a long time, a long time. And um, it's called year before the pandemic. Okay, um, there's a this is smart city. So all the experts were proposing designing everyone sh- uh, what they call a 15 minute city. Um, and I would argue 15 minute community. What they mean is you can do everything within 15 minutes of where you live: work, eat, play, class, live. Um, they thought it was unattainable until the COVID came. And through their studies, um, the biggest problem with the 15-minute community, which would sell like crazy, right? If you can move somewhere and know, I can do things, literally can really do everything I want to do within a 15-minute radius, then life is good because you have more time for yourself to do things. What They couldn't convince anybody to do, and you're going to love this, the idea that you could work from home. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I wanted to talk about that. You know, no one believes that you could actually have a 
a business where multiple businesses, obviously you can have one, but businesses that would buy into and people, they could, would do their job from home. And that was the single biggest problem they've had. And now, as we all know, that's crossed. You're going to see promotion of 15-minute communities. It's a, it's a hybrid of smart city. I, I do see it because you see these surveys about people wanting to or not wanting to go back to the office. And, you know, my wife's the same thing. She would have to commute an hour and a half each way every day. Let's look at everything, though. Like, I feel, Alan, I live in a 15-minute community. Yeah. I walk to where I want to go. I walk to the lake. I don't drive my car. I got rid of two of my four cars because I don't use them. Um, however, I miss work. But I come into work the odd time. But the fact is, a 15-minute community, I think, is doable for a lot of people. And then, and then I, oh, by the way, the, you'll love this, the age group that want this, who do you think the age group is? Well, I've seen conflicting reports on that. You tell me. 35 and under. 35 and under. The young group. They don't want, they don't want, they want everything at their hands. They don't want to do any shit. They want to uh, run around and do stuff and be, and you know what? They're smart. Pretty good, right? I mean, um, so I think it obviously now with that happens, we're going to see it's very important, guys. We're going to see the development of the smart community truly what it is. Well, with more and more people working at home, wanting to work at home, or being assigned to work from home, you're going to have huge changes in infrastructure. And, and don't you think it would be like pods? You live in a pod and you don't have to leave there. Now, well, you I mean, I don't you want should. Yeah. But I'm just, no, but you get my point, right? I get your point. I mean, it, it's, I mean, I'm, the kind of person that works out of my house as well. And I really like the fact that my commute is 12 seconds by walking downstairs to my office. Yeah. Uh, and then if I have to go out, I go out. But, um, and my wife who has you know, had to go and work in a high rise at Young and Eglinton every Downtown. single day, yeah. you know, and by the time she got home at six or six 30 every day, she was absolutely yeah. knackered. Tough to sell that, right? Really tough to sell the commute to with the job. Now, uh, her job is is they're they're looking at it and going oh we're going to have some kind of hybrid thing starting September the seventh and so many people in the office go uh uh-uh. uh the people who live in houses who have space they are the ones who don't want to go back to work I don't blame them those who live in one bedroom um, they got to get out they got to get out but see okay so so I, I don't want to talk too long in this but that's why even now developers which I have seen many do now. In the actual developments, they have the second floor's office community. Yes, I have seen a bunch of those See, buildings. See, now I'm back to that 15-minute community, guys. I think we're going to do it. And I think that changes. And I'll even tell you, uh, even in the world of electronics and security and all those things, you're now putting a wall around a community. Mm-hmm. And it's a 15-minute community, a 20-minute. I don't know what's Whatever it is, yeah. But the point is, I thought what was really incredible in this is that the leading smart city people said they always felt that would be the real great way of life. A 15 minute where there's no stress. Everything's around you, but people would never buy into working at home. And then COVID came and changed not, everything. It's unbelievable. It is. Um, and it, it sped things up to light speed. Yep. So to the point where we have these buildings with, uh, for lack of a better description, we work type facilities yep. where you can have, you know, office space, conference rooms in your building. Yeah. And if you need to meet with people or if you need a bigger space to spread out for whatever reason, it's in your they building. Have it. They have it. And they have the conference TVs. Yes. Um, now, I love to meet people in person. 
Um, and I think that will be there, but I don't make the decision on how it's all going to be. I think this is going to be big. Now I'll tell you why, Alan, we forget about another thing. I think that people save a lot of money. Oh, we were living think? in a 15 minute community and that's what it's all about today, guys. Um, having a lifestyle that you can live, uh, that you don't need well, and to then, buy multi-million dollar homes the and knock drive. on The knock on effects here, yeah, yeah. real estate, yeah. vehicles, yeah. gas price. Uh, insurance. Does it not make sense? It, it does. But yeah. you see, if this becomes the norm, you can see that there is going to be, there are going to be ripples that go all the way through society, all the way through the economy. And we're never going back to the way it was. And COVID started it. I'll leave yeah. it at that. Daniel Carloni is the co-founder and VP of sales for Live Patrol, a company that specializes in keeping tabs on construction sites and increasingly new buildings. He talked to us about the future of site security. He came into Locomobile World Headquarters. We're here today with Daniel Carloni, who is the co-founder and VP sales of a company called Live Patrol, which is, at, you know, you're just down the street from us here. Yeah, exactly. So um, we're a uh, video monitoring security company uh, that specializes in monitoring security cameras, uh, implementing uh, technology throughout various industries and essentially uh, replacing uh, guard services through uh, through security cameras. So is this enterprise level? Pretty much, yeah. We, um, we're monitoring sites all over, mostly construction sites, commercial businesses, condo buildings, trucking facilities, pretty much anywhere where a uh, manned security guard can, uh, can handle, we can manage remotely. There's a construction site around the corner from me, and there's uh, a bunch of cameras throughout the place. I don't know if it's you, but there's a bunch of cameras around the place. And if you walk into the site, this is a home builder site, you walk into the site after hours and a big stern voice comes on and says, attention, you are being videoed. And you do that kind of stuff. That's, it might be us, to be uh, honest. I, I would bet probably highly that it's them okay. because they have a ton of sites in, in Burlington and in Oakville. Okay. So that, that commanding, scary voice uh, could be coming from your office. And by the way, Alan gets scared very easily. I am. I jump. So. Yeah. Uh, it freaks out the dogs, too. And I'm glad I don't live across the street from that because the people that live across the street are hearing this all the time because people are going into snoop. So, But this is a, this is a really big deal. You see signs on a large equipment uh, at construction sites saying these vehicles, this equipment is being stolen and often. So it's just not a matter of people coming in and snooping around and picking up a couple of pieces of two by four. It's, it's, they're going in there and they're walking away with, with front end loaders. Yeah, exactly. So you know, a lot of the intrusions that we've deterred and, and stopped over the years, it's been some, uh, you know, you get the guys that come in for the weekend, want to steal a couple of two by fours, especially the prices of lumber to build their deck, or you got guys coming in there, want to steal some serious machinery. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty, uh, you know, they, they come in and they know exactly what, what they're doing. So it's really important for us to be uh, super diligent and uh, ensure that we try to get these intruders off site right away. If not, we simply dispatch police and, uh, Please get there as soon as they can. This must be much more cost effective than having a security guard on site 24-7. Absolutely. It's a fraction of the cost. On average, you're saving approximately 60% cost savings. And that's but but remember, honestly, I think it's more secure. Because no one says the guy that's guarding the hen house should be guarding the hen house. Well, that's right. true too. I'm telling you guys, I'm sorry. Everyone knows, and I think that Daniel will tell you. This industry is that way. And so you have a better chance of being secure with intelligent vision cameras than 
a guy walking around. Sorry, guys walking around um, with his keys in his pocket. Or, or a guy will come up with a couple of 50s and say, Barney, look that Absolutely. way first. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, we're not trying to point fingers at anyone. No, no, I get it. That's get the it. reality, guys. And, yeah. and that's why technology has always been developed and why you have companies uh, growing like live patrol. So, so where did this, this company come from? How did you come to co-found it? Yeah, so I used to work for a uh, security company that specialized in uh, building security systems for high-rise residential condos. And um, I was in business development, so my role was to uh, chase new builders, new developers, new clients, go after new industries. Um, so throughout the years, talking to clients, they kept asking us, you know, it's great that you can install the cameras in our building security system, um, but what can you do about the actual site security? Can you install a couple of cameras outside as well uh, and, and watch them? Because we're paying for these security guards. They're, uh, you know, they're not showing up. They're showing up late. We're catching them sleeping in the trailer in the morning and, and they're expensive. So over the years, we said, um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll install some cameras. But, you know, for us to monitor them, like, you know, I, I, I can't go home at night and monitor them from my basement. Like, we get, this is a whole nother venture that we would have to uh, start. So uh, we... Just over time, we just got a lot more demand for it, a lot more inquiries, and there wasn't a lot of people really doing it. So we said, you know what, let's, let's do it. So um, we, uh, we built a monitoring station. Uh, we tested product. We tested well, software. On. You missed, he missed one step. What's that? You left the company. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you were getting a lot of demand for it, and then you left and started your own company. Yeah, so yeah, it was. That, yeah, we missed that route. Yeah, so myself and uh, three other partners, um, and you know, all of them have uh, well extensive uh, security backgrounds as, as well. So um, we started Live Patrol and and we built the monitoring station. Uh, we tested product, we tested software, um, did some beta test sites for a couple months, and uh, it took us about, to be honest, about two years to really get it off the ground. And a lot of the core and key relationships we had were in the, um, the construction industry. So we were able to utilize some of those contacts, get a couple of sites, and then the construction boom just happened. Uh, and so, you know, timing obviously helped in that sense. And uh, we just kept growing, growing, growing. We offered, you know, a better product. We did the monitoring locally. We did our installations ourselves. Uh, we delivered, you know, a pretty good customer service. And, uh, and we just kept growing. And now we're, you know, not only in construction, we're also monitoring condo buildings, trucking facilities, commercial businesses, storage yards, pretty much uh, anywhere there, where there can be outdoor assets uh, as well. And uh, yeah, the rest is uh, history. The, the monitoring system or the monitoring station must be incredibly complex. How many places are you monitoring at any given time? So yeah, great question. So right now we we actually have two monitoring stations. Um, we just um, opened up a station out west in, in BC. So now we're we have two stations. Uh, we're we'll be fully redundant. Uh, but in our Toronto headquarter space, um, you know, we're, we're monitoring close to um, I think it's all around three hundred sites. Wow. Yeah. Think of the value of the assets on those three hundred sites, guys. Oh yeah, hundreds of millions of dollars. Millions? Billions, okay, yes. billions of dollars. Uh, so how, with that many clients and that many sites to monitor, do you keep track of things? Is it some guy sitting looking at screens or do you have a, an AI component? Well, how does it work? Yeah, great question. So the cameras that we install, uh, they all have special advanced video analytics. 
Uh, so what that means essentially is once we install them, we'll actually teach the cameras the scene and the environment and set up anal analytical event alarms and rules to alert the operator in the event that something occurs. So if you take, for example, a basic construction site and you have cameras that will design and install throughout the perimeter of the property, um, you know, we'll actually set the zone so that whenever an intruder enters this area to send us a notification immediately. So we have operators that are responding to all sorts of types of these notifications throughout all of our sites. You know, there's also advanced uh, alarms that we also set up. We can do loitering. We can know if a person's walking one way versus the other way. Um, you know, it's all AI in the camera vision. Mm -hmm. It's computer vision. E exactly. And, uh, you know, our cameras will know if you're a vehicle versus a person. Uh, it's, it's pretty advanced. So we have operators that are just responding to those notifications. And then we have speakerphones and talk downs. Um, sirens and strobes where, you know, if they recognize and, and see someone that's intruding based upon that analytical event alarm, then they'll try to scare off like, you know, that, people like me who exactly. want to just, I'm just a looky loo. I'm looking to see what these houses look like. Exactly. So there's, yeah. there's me and a fox that walks through this, uh, <laughs> this area. And, and I've noticed that since some people have moved in there, the early tenants, not tenants, but only owners uh, have moved in, the alarm's not going off. Not nearly as much. So it's obviously been rejigged to recognize who they are and when they leave. Yeah. Camera vision does that. And, and you know, I think um, what, what probably hasn't been said is when Daniel said that they started the company at the right time, um, there are over 300 cranes in the Metropolitan Toronto area. Okay. If you want to know how many that means... You could add up all the major cranes in the United States and all the major cities and it's an equal 300. Yeah, we have more. We have in the a world. Yeah, more than anybody else in the world right now. So he starts up and his partners start up a company that is protecting all these assets at the perfect time. Now, I don't think Daniels wrote a business plan saying we're going to start at this time because we see the trends and the, but man, did they do the right thing? And I think that uh, that's probably what, uh, what I've seen is being, you know, when I met Live Patrol, the, the demand will never stop. The fact that they can move into other areas is great. But just look at the development market. It's never going to stop as far as needing. And then, of course, those developments become live sites. Well, I was just going to say. I knew you were. Sorry, so sorry Alan. You ahead. evolve from the construction site, monitoring the construction site, through to occupancy, and you maintain that same level of surveillance when the product is finished. So that's what we're currently working on. They now. weren't. Right. So before, and, and you know, uh, we were just doing construction site monitoring. Um, now that, uh, you know, we've, we have a couple of buildings under our belt that we can, you know, comfortably monitor uh, buildings remotely. Uh, we got about uh, 10 that we're doing in the city. Um, now we're approaching developers and say, okay, listen, you know, Keep you, can do your, you can do your site security and, uh, you know, we can also work with you to develop a security plan for the future to help save some costs on having a guard or doing a hybrid package, work with the guard, but also do some monitoring uh, in your building once it's uh, occupied. Well, you have to remember, guys, um, where does the problem start? Not in the building. They have to cross somewhere to get into the building. And if you can get them at the main point of entry or exit, it sure helps a bit better in the building system itself. So it's, it's, I think it's important. What makes Life Patrol different from everybody else? I mean, there are lots and lots of security companies, including, you know, ADT, who've been around for a gazillion years. What, what makes you guys better? 
Yeah. So when you're looking at uh, those type of companies, I mean, the two main components are uh, technology and um, and doing everything ourselves. Um, you know, we when we first started the company, we invested in, you know, some cheaper products, cheaper cameras. And, you know, the technology back then was a lot different than it is now. Uh, we were getting, you know, so many false alarms through motion and through just, um, you know, technology not being where where it needs to be. So we've invested in a lot of great products where, you know, the, the analytics and artificial intelligence of our cameras can really uh, mitigate and reduce those false alarms, uh, allows us to, to scale in, in that sense as well. Uh, secondly, it's, you know, we're, we're doing everything locally. So the monitoring station is, is here, local in Canada. Um, installations are done by us, servicing is done by us. And we just offer a great level of customer service. Responses handled by? All our operators. So we have, um, you know, a hierarchy within the station where there's supervisors and, you know, level of, of uh, managers as, as well. So, you know, whenever an incident occurs, everyone's fully trained as to how to handle that protocol. We have software uh, where they can r- relate information and, and uh, know how to handle a certain site based upon uh, what's been predetermined. Do you have relationships with existing security on the ground companies or do you go right to the police? So it depends on the site, uh, both to answer your question. So, you know, we have buildings that we're monitoring and there's also a security guard that happens to be there. So if we see something, we'll just call him and he'll attend the, uh, the situation. Other sites where there's no one there, we'll just dispatch police directly. What are the busiest times for you? Times of the day, times of the week, times of the year. Busiest times for us. Nighttime? Oh, yeah. Nighttime for sure. Um, that's when, you know, all the uh, funny activity likes to uh, arise. Um, yeah, I would say the holidays too. Christmas time is always a busy time for whatever reason. Um, you know, people are, uh, you know, they want to. <laughs> Make a few extra bucks at the end of the year. They're they're kind of um, you know looking towards that time. I I don't know what it is, but it just happens to be well, that time. Think of it. You need money shopping. Yeah, it's a tough time of year for a lot of people. Um, they see a construction site as an easy target, which in the old days it was, and a lot of places still are. I mean, there's a lot of guys who just don't care. And I mean, you know that. I mean, some guys go, I don't, you know, I'm good with it, and I'll throw my guard and save. Nothing, save pennies, right? Yeah. Spend the dollars. Um, but I think that's changing. I think that any quality developer, actually any developer, is starting to realize you got to protect your assets. It's cheaper. Oh, by the way, um, would it affect their insurance? Good question. I just, um, just thought of it. Um, if I'm going to my insurance company and saying, I'm going to do all this, I don't know if that has any effect at all. Yeah. So depending on the development, some insurance companies have mandated that you need rather a watchman or security. So it uh, it's not only affected, it's it's mandated that you have to have one or the other. To have insurance. You can't just leave it alone and say, yeah. lock the gate up and let's hope till morning time, yeah, right? Exactly. You know what they used to do in the old days, guys, and I'm, you know, I'm just bringing my age up again, Dan, but um, so I owned a security company 25 years ago. And if a security company got stuff stolen, they went to the other place and stole stuff. Like it was just a schmozzle of a bunch of guys. Well, what around. do you mean? They went out and found the same thing. I mean, I caught security guards that worked for me stealing. 
Why? They got something taken and they didn't want to get caught without oh, being taken. Oh, they're trying to cover their tracks. Absolutely. And and you don't see that now because all the monitoring. Well, I don't know that. Particularly, I can't say that, I guess. But my point being, Alan, is it's not the way it was today. I mean, I used to say in the old days when we were hiring security guards, McDonald's wasn't hiring that day. Yeah. You know, and, and the first thing they would ask when they joined was, do I get a gun? You know, <laughs> and, right? Wow. And, you know, and, and that's the way, you know, it was, and that scares the hell of me. And I think that uh, although the the quality of security people is in the professional world is very good, but not the average guy. It's not like he's going to training and scholastics and all that. So what are you going to trust? That or AI camera that has all the built intelligence to do all the right things. And quite frankly, it's designed not to make mistakes, even though I, I get it, it could. But the probabilities of an artificial intelligence or machine learning device making mistakes based on the protocol's design is a probability rate that's pretty, pretty, pretty low. Well, the other thing you don't have to worry about is a guy staying in the trailer at his desk when it's minus 30 outside and he needs to do his rounds, but it's just too damn cold, right? And so, I'm one of those guys. Yeah. I'd be trying to figure out how not to do it. How not to do it, right? Um, and the guy, or, or the guys that just are sick. The guys that don't show up to work. And what do you do then? Well, it's not that simple, right? You kind of just live with it that day. Or you pull a guy over there and say, come over and stand here, you know? And um, so, no, I think that... Uh, I think this couldn't have been possible for uh, even for a great comic live patrol, which, you know, if you don't know, Alan, that's won awards every year for growth. But uh, um, to to be able to to get to where they are without the advance of technology, technology drives everybody. And even took me in the world's smart city. Okay, Daniel, uh, wow us with some of the technology that you use. Without, you know, without having to tell. Without, yeah, without, without, you know, breaking any, uh, you know, industrial secrets wide open here. Okay, um, so there's a new feature called AI appearance search, which uh, essentially means um, you know you got a camera system that's got let's say ten cameras uh, attached to it. Um, you know what? Let's take the example that happened at uh, what was it last week at Sherway Mall or, right. or you know and then with the shooting exactly right. Deal. So they have all yeah, these cameras. It was it was Sherway earlier in the month. Okay. I just know the York one last no, no, week. There, there, yeah, there right. were two you're ball right. shootings. You're right. You're right. Yeah. How can Alan know so much about them? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so, um, so take that example. So, you know, there's a shooting that happened in this mall. You have all these cameras. Now, let's just say, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they caught the guy, but let's just say they- They, they caught the Yorkdale guy. They did. Right. Okay, good. So they want to get all this information. They want to be able to go through the cameras, search for him, search how long he's been there. Where did he come from? Um, so we have this feature um, where you can actually enter in this information of the individual. If you know if he was a male or female, if you know roughly what age he was, if you know roughly um, what ethnicity he was um, and what color shirt he was wearing, you put all the information into the system and then it'll actually scan through all the cameras. You select the dates that you want and then it'll just populate all these people that match that information as close as possible. And then you just um, click it and then it'll actually hold the camera stream as to when that person arrived. Zoom in, enhance. Yeah. Uh, certainly a lot better than scrolling through. Screens hours, of video. Of videotape, exactly. yeah. Do people still actually have DVRs where they plug in VCRs and? You'd be surprised, Grant. Oh, yeah. geez. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it. I, I, yeah. <laughs> you know that, uh, guys, I mean, you're talking about uh, cameras. So 
Um, nothing's happened from my house since I've lived there. But of course, we had two serious things happen last month. One was a guy got stabbed in the face uh, right in this? front of my house. Really? In front of your house? No, I missed this. Okay, so let's talk cameras. So the guy gets stabbed in the... So Sorry. Since COVID, Oakville's kind of been the new hangout. People come down, hang out in the park, the beach. And it's jammed bumper to bumper, Alan. And yeah. you know where I live. I know where you are. Right on Lakeshore. So, um, so I'm, a, I'm a not doing anything. I get knocked on the door in front of the police. And um, I walk out and there's a guy laying on the ground, bleeding. The ambulance is there. In front of your house? Right in front. Right in front. So um, what happened was a kid not from the area. And it doesn't matter if he's from the area, but yeah. I just want, you know, he wasn't. Transit in his car had cut off some guy. And the guy behind him honked the horn and the kid gave him the finger. And the mistake the guy was, who was in the car with his family, got out of his car. Uh, and the kid got out and had a knife and just stabbed him in the face. So it was a road rage. It was a road rage. And so the kid took off in his Honda. And the police came because they wanted to know if my cameras got the whole system mm -hmm. because the new system they just put in on the intersection there didn't <laughs> the multi-million dollar yeah. system. So sure enough, we had it all on film and we handed it over to the police and the car and everything. They caught the car up in, in, um, up in another plaza in Oakville. And, uh, that was the end of that one. And he was charged and the guy that got stabbed in the face, uh, is okay. But that happened in front of my house, and I thought that was pretty crazy. You're like Batman. Hold on. And, oh, yeah, right. I, uh, maybe. I, yeah, I'm Batman. Okay. <laughs> uh, I like that. So then a week later, my son's at the house, Jordan. He says, Dad, what the hell's going on? I just heard an explosion. We look out, and there's a truck in front of my house on fire. And then all of a sudden, it explodes again, and it's right in flames. There's nothing left. Oh. Right in front of my house. Oh, everyone's standing around it. There's no one there yet. No police. So I call the police. They come. Guy's truck blew up. He had flammables on the back. Someone hit him and it blew up right in front of the house. Now, again, they came over. No, they did. They knew who I was. I, my first name, Grant, do you have the camera footage? Yeah, <laughs> of course I do. Okay. And of course, what did I do? I emailed them a link. Yeah. You know, now this, here's this and here's that. And I, I bring that to you because mine are off the shelf cameras, but fairly intelligent. Being a tech guy, I want to do some stuff. And they do do plate reading. They do facial imaging and motion. And it caught it all. Mm -hmm. Caught it all. I think you need to move. <laughs> uh, just tell Joyce. She, <laughs> she thinks I set it up. Oh, uh, I'd love to move. No, she'll never move from there. But you're right. But anyway, two things out of eight years I've lived there. Wow. All in one week. All right. Let's let's talk about we let's talk about, let's talk about something moving beyond static surveillance equipment, drones, robots, uh, that sort of thing. Are you working on any of that sort of stuff? I mean, we're always keeping an eye on that technology. I mean, there's a couple of really neat companies uh, uh, doing some cool things. Um, you know, for example, in the States, there's a company that uh, is specializing in residential security monitoring through drones, where you essentially buy this uh, drone that's in a charging unit that's in your backyard. And you also install these um, solar sensor lights throughout your property so that if uh, anyone ever crosses that, uh, that sensor, the drone would automatically detach out of the charging unit, 
hover over where that sensor is. This is not cool oh, stuff. That is cool. Come on, Alan. No, 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 no. That you, is wait a minute, Alan. Cool. You don't have it. No, I don't. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. He has nothing. Eh? He talks big, but you know. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. So, uh, and I'm pretty sure it's thermal too. So you can at nighttime you can see, um, you know, where that person is through. See, through I would like to have one for the evangelists. Get one. Yeah. They come to my front door. <laughs> no, they don't shoot. They just look. Oh, okay, yeah. no. But still, yeah. Oh, that, what a cool idea. Oh, they're going to be normal. That's going to be mainstream, guys. Within within ten, 10 years. No, no, no. Because we can't fight the the problem we're fighting right now with drones. It's not that they don't work. It's we're fighting with the whole uh, licensing of. Um, oh, right. And, and I think that's all. It's going to be a tough one, guys. Uh, it's just particularly after the, what we just had in pandemic. Last thing they're going to have is more things in the air flying around and all that. Um, but it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be right away only because, by the way, it's already right away in some places like Australia and so on. But North America, we always have the technology, but always get sold somewhere else first. Right. What about robots? I can imagine that in an enclosed space where a drone doesn't really work, you can have a little autonomous device kind of rolling up and down aisles or hallways or, or you know, stacks of uh of, of shelving. Uh, do you know anything about that? Uh, there's uh, there's a company out there, which for Grant, you're well aware of uh, Boston Dynamics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were just bought by Handy. Yeah, yeah. Like 1.1 billion or something. Yeah, no, they're, you know, in terms of robots, I've just been following them, see where they're at. It seems like they're pretty uh, they're One of those advanced. dogs that they have that scares the crap. Yeah. No, do you know, they just unleashed uh, today, there's a robot coming out a mini robot, you can buy a mini dog for like 190 bucks. Does everything. Oh, really? Yeah, that, it's amazing. Now that yeah. Hundy's got to watch out, yeah. man. Um, Boss Dynamics is a great one, and, and I follow it fairly quite a bit. As you know, I build robots, I'm starting to build some robots. But um, what you're going to find is uh, there are too many robots right now. Like, we're developing a robot now that we have an order for, for a site. And What, you're making a robot? Oh, it's done already. It's finished. Um, and, and so, yeah, but I come but in here every week and there's stories about them doing something. But you know, else. it's going to be a mini grant. In the end, if it is, it's going to be live patrol we're going to go through probably. But um, I want to tell you more about robots because you brought up and it's very important because live patrol will have them. And, and I think what you have to understand is there are many robots out there that are controlled by a master station. Okay. That's not where you want it. You said autonomous. Yeah. They have to be learning. So the robot that we're working on, that we have the software running, that it will go through security companies, that it learns everything on its own. It doesn't call back. As long as it works in the parameters of its data and its performance, it doesn't have to. So it will go learn its own tour. It'll learn your face and it'll tell you all. It does its own thing. Okay. It can't do anything bad though. You can program it, say, when you hit this level, no. Okay. So as you know, we're doing it more for parking facilities, but I see it being much bigger for security monitoring. And I think when you say robots, guys, robots are air and, and, and robots, which is a drone and land. Okay. So a robot necessarily doesn't mean a robot is simply a camera. It could be anything. Okay. Robotics. But I think the vision of robot, as we see it, um, as we've talked many times in the show, and, you know, obviously we have a security company here now. So let's talk about that. So, we were joking around the other day and I talked a lot about robots for security. And we were saying, well, the border crossing says they're going to go on strike. I go, thank you again. They just gave the border a reason to build robots. Mm -hmm. They're just going to build robots. Say, okay, no job. Like 
where do you face that line? Like, you know that when you go automated all the time now, mm -hmm. uh, do people get upset at you at job sites? Have you ever had someone say, you're taking my jobs, you're all automated? Like I've been through Dan my whole time in my business, but in your business, have you ever been talked to by a security company and saying, you know, you're taking away jobs? Well, initially that was the, um, you know, uh, the feedback we were getting, you're disrupting the security guard business, right? But uh -huh. at the end of the day- That's we're, the point. Yeah. yeah. I know. Right? I, I just asked him. And, uh, but you know, we're still hiring people. We're still having oh, people. I'm know, not saying in a negative factor because yeah. welcome to the world of technology. Yeah, but totally. I know Daniel hesitated on that one because <laughs> he didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But Dan, it's like, it's, it's what it's called, right? Get eat or get eaten. Yeah, totally. And it's not like you, it's the business. Yeah. And you guys happen to be the leaders. And I think robots, um, drones, same monitoring station, same software, yeah. different animal flying around. And drones don't have to be the size of a pterodactyl. They can be the size of your fist or smaller. They can be the yeah. size of a spider. Yeah. Um, and you can't break them. Have you seen the Amazon drone, the ring one that's in your house? Yeah. That's pretty wow. cool. Yeah. So there's a... Um, Amazon owns Ring and they have an alarm system. So I have a Ring. Yeah, I have me too. three different ones. I have, I have my own internal alarm system with camera that can't, they bought for me here. I have Ring and I have Nest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. All in the same house. Yeah. So I have them, each of them checking each other. So I get all the stuff on Ring from yeah. Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Ring has a um, a mini drone that they just released. So it, it um, I just posted about it. Yeah, you just put it somewhere central in your house. I guess it, it no, learns, um, you know, the, everything about it, the yeah. location and where to fly, where not to fly. Uh, you're not home. Your alarm system goes off. Someone's trying to break in. They, you know, motion detector detects where that activity is. And they go happening. and they go out and they alarm Come on, yeah. yeah. And then you get alerted on your phone. You can is follow. No, Alan, we got to get Alan out more. I, no, no, no. This he is, likes this stuff. This, okay? is, this is something really cool. Um, huh. See, I think from my standpoint, in a case of even live patrol, all these little items will be part of it. What would you like protected? You've got interior you want. Oh, in the, in the exterior, I have this special area. Maybe you put mini drones around it. I'm not talking crazy here, I think. Um, I think, um, you know, Alan, I saw my first drones 10 years ago in, um, in, in, in Britain, in Bristol, which is kind of like the Silicon Capital where it's all started. Okay, this goes back to Da Vinci and all those guys, Galileo. But so um, I saw uh, uh, at the university there, I was invited to go, go visit. And they had drones, mini drones that were, you know, the size of a sparrow. And they had them in on a table and it was security drones. And, and this is what they were designed to do. They were designed all to sit in there. There's about a hundred of them. And they had a wall around the table. And by the end of the day, they had learned each other and they became one team and built stuff together. So they were autonomous fully. And this place had driving cars, Tom's cars, everything, right? Had robotics for, um, for surgery. This was the one I liked. And they also had an indoor room that was black, had no lights because they're flying drones around. And the drones are flying around the air and doing all this stuff, right? This is uh, 2012, guys, okay? Um, and so they had these security drones they were trying to train. And what would happen is they would go out and one drone would train the other five drones. 
Now, can you imagine that? And then they would do their job and fly around or do whatever they're told to do. Every year we get closer to Skynet. <laughs> oh, it's uh, kind of scary. It is. Yeah. It well, let's tell you what. Well, let's go there before we go anywhere. So um, are you afraid at where everything's going with the technology and security? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. I mean, I would love for Amari station to be, you know, we have all our operators. Okay. I'm going to tell you how it's going to be. It'll be all transmitted to you here. Oh, sorry. I'm pointing at my You're brain. At you. <laughs> um, that's where it'll be. Um, as you know, my co-founder Barney is already working on, he's got the brain now talking to artificial limbs and so on in one of his companies. Guys, in the end, it's going to be exactly what you saw. It's going to be better than Skynet. It's going to be everything. Will just well, I be, hope it's going to be better than Skynet for the human race because that didn't turn out so well for well, we don't want to get Connor a, and no, his no, friends. We don't want to get in a human race today, right? We no. just don't want to do that because that's not even to do with technology. It's about how badly we look after our lives and, and so we don't want to do it. But back to this. So um, live patrol, where's next? So we just opened up another mining station. Uh, we're now national across Canada. Uh we're really focusing on uh, condo buildings right now, getting into, um, you know, it's being the smart building. How many us. locations do you have out West? Do you know? We uh, got about uh, 42. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. It's a good start. Um, and and now um, looking at British Columbia and, and so on, what, you know, obviously is not comparable to Toronto, but what's the growth like there? There's well, definitely opportunities there. Uh, I mean, it's definitely not like Toronto, but there is a ton of uh, construction and a ton of high rise. So Let me I, ask something. Did the fires affect your company there at all? Were they in Kelowna or anywhere outside of Vancouver? Uh, luckily, we weren't. No. Yeah, it's, really yeah, it's okay. scary out there. Yeah, very unfortunate. So, ah, it's good. So, nothing in Quebec? I, you know, I bring the Q word, <laughs> right? Or should we say the F word, French, right? Because uh, <laughs> it's very difficult, right? Yeah, totally. No, we're... Um, not yet. Not yet. I mean, we have a site starting up in uh, in Calgary, another one in, um, in in Winnipeg. So we'll do some of those central provinces. Um, you know, if we get a job here and there, we'll, we'll manage. But uh, but no plans on going to Quebec anytime soon. <laughs> Rather go down south to the states than go to Quebec. Yeah, it's a tough market. Tough market. Alan, I okay. I'm I'm blown away by this. Thank you for coming in and explaining what's going on with the future of security. I, th I think that uh, this opens the opportunity for job growth in a completely different area, in, in the technology area, in the monitoring area. And you don't have some poor schmuck who's got to stay awake at three o'clock in the morning, uh, then maybe faced with a, a, a gang of thieves that are coming in to take a front end loader. Well, away. You, you, know what, you know what? Forget the front end loader for a minute. And, and you're right, Alan. How about your Porsche? Okay. Yeah. Not yeah. all. I mean, then there are Volkswagens that we drive, right? Which we call Porsche. His is a Porsche, mine's a Porsche. Um, but if you if you think about, I really get tired of people going, I hate technology, but I want peace of mind. How can you move into a community? I don't care how nice you are and how good your policies are and how everyone is, because that's fantastic. That's how it should be. I go to bed when I know I feel secure. When I know things are locked up, even though we don't want that to be, that is life. Security, in my viewpoint, is number one or number two on my list in the world for future. I don't care what kind you call it, whether it be cyber um, or physical or, or monitoring or um, 
it's the biggest market. It, it, it's, it fills right in there because you don't feel secure. What's the point in building all the stuff? Thanks for coming in, Daniel. Really appreciate it. Good luck with Live Patrol. And uh, if anything further comes up that you want to share, please feel free to walk down the street and uh, knock on our door here. Thanks for having me, guys. And that's it for this edition of the Smart City Podcast. Thanks again to Daniel Carloni from Live Patrol. More shows like this are in the works as we continue to bring you the latest from the universe of smart technology. Comments are always welcome through feedback at thesmartcity.blog. Maybe you have an idea for a topic in the future. And check out our website, thesmartcity.blog, for past programs as well as who and what else is coming up. The Smart City Podcast, brought to you by Locomobi World, moving the world through sustainable, frictionless, and secure solutions. Executive Producers, Grant Furlane. Technical Production by Rob Johnston. Executive Assistant is Andrea Crawford. I'm Alan Cross. We'll see you next time.